time when things are shifting. We're going to be a new world order. We've got to lead it. The following program is brought to you by friends and partners of End Time Headlines. All right, what's up, guys? It is Thursday, March 2nd. Uh, we welcome you to the broadcast. If this is your first time joining us, let us know in the comment section below that you are new and where you guys are joining us from. I am your host, Ricky Scaparo, the founder, the pastor, and the voice of End Time Headlines. And tonight, We've got a compilation of headlines that I want to get you up to date with. I want to get you up to par with. We So tonight's going to be more information uh, and not so much revelation. Um, so for the next few moments, we're going to talk about some, I believe, some stories that we need to know about, that you need to be paying attention to, and things that can definitely impact us all uh, as these things are moving forward and as they continue to escalate. So the first thing we're going to talk about tonight is the Iran and Israel conflict. Uh, let's So let's get after Let me give you this. Uh, I'm going to show you this article. This is from Yahoo News.com, Yahoo News.com. I'm going to read this to you. Escalating tensions between Iran and Israel have brought the two countries to the verge of war. This is strong language. While experts disagree on the probability of military conflict between the Jewish state and the Islamic Republic, they agree that the present moment is rife with potential pitfalls. Iran Iran could be approaching the capacity to manufacture a nuclear weapon. Turn now to news involving Iran and its nuclear capability. Tonight, a top Pentagon official testifying that Iran could now make enough nuclear material for a bomb in just 12 days now. Let's bring in our senior White House correspondent, Mary Bruce, live at the White House. Mary, that official describing uh, the pace of Iran's progress as, quote, uh, remarkable in the years after the U.S. pulled out of the Iran nuclear deal. And David, tonight, Iran is on the brink of having enough material to build a nuclear bomb if they wanted to. A top Pentagon official today saying that they could reach that point in just 12 days. This is now the closest that Iran has been to being capable of building a nuclear bomb since former President Trump left the Iran nuclear deal back in 2018. Since then, Iran has made astounding nuclear progress, the Pentagon says. Now, the Biden administration did try to to restart and revive that deal, but with no success. And David, it is important to note that while they are inching closer to this, the intelligence community tonight says they see no sign that Iran has actually decided to build a nuclear bomb. This is according to the latest reports, and we'll give you more details about that as we go on here with this this first report. A top Pentagon official testified earlier this week that Tehran has made, quote, remarkable progress and could be within 12 days. Now, at the time of this recording, we're about 10 days out of enriching sufficient uranium for a nuclear weapon. In response, Israel is preparing for military intervention to stop what it and many Western nations could believe be a disastrous development that could be prevented at all costs. I want to highlight that and say that again. In response to this latest report that that Iran is 
again, at the time of this recording on March 2nd, we're probably around 10 days. So we're a little over a week out. Uh, less than two weeks from enriching sufficient uranium to develop a nuclear weapon, which again, that was Israel's red line. In response, Israel is preparing for military intervention. Now, what does that look like? Is this a full-scale attack? Is this a cyber attack? Are they going to knock it off grid with some type of a cyber attack? Is this going to be coordinated, sophisticated strikes uh, to uh, certain targets there in Iran? And again, uh, according to this report, it is this will be carried out in what both Israel and many Western nations could believe uh, to be a disastrous development that could be prevented at all costs. Now, I want to take you back on a, a little bit of a memory lane here. Now, this again, we reported this on our main website, endtimeheadlines.org. This report was uh, came out back in January of this year, where in which Israel and the United States launched what was called the most significant drill ever. Uh, and what experts said was a show of strength against Iran. According to this report, the, uh, the Israel Defense Forces and U.S. Central Command uh, carried out a large-scale drill in which a senior U.S. defense official called the most significant exercise between the U.S. and Israel to date. This unprecedented drill, which was called Juniper Oak 2023, involved over 140 aircraft, 12 naval vessels, and artillery systems from both countries, and, and, and lasted almost a full week. Again, this was uh, from a report from Breitbart. Uh, the report indicated that the, un, the unnamed defense official uh, stated that the drill was meant to show adversaries like Iran that Washington is not distracted enough by the ongoing war in Ukraine and the threat from China to mobilize a large military force. Um, this was the third joint exercise of its kind within the space of a 12-month period simulating attacks on Iran involving intelligence sharing and a multi-pronged offense. It is of particular significance considering that only two years ago, Israel was not covered by CENTCOM and instead was included in the European command. The move was orchestrated by the Trump administration, but was finally carried out in January of 2021. The Pentagon at that time called the move a, quote, sign of the changing political environment in the Middle East, and pro-Israel groups hailed it as a sign of deepening military ties between the two nations. As the result of the transfer to CENTCOM, the Biden administration subsequently elevated, excuse me, Israel to full military partner. So here we have Israel and the United States of America that had joined forces together and carried out what was called the most significant drill ever carried out in the Middle East. Now, what was the purpose of this drill? It was to prepare a coordinated effort 
in the event that Iran would ignore all uh, warnings from the West and from Israel and continue with their ambitions to create a nuclear weapon. Now, just in case you, you didn't know how significant this was, I'm going to give you this report. This is from uh, this is from VOE, our Voice of America. Israel will prevent Iran from acquiring nuclear weapons capability. I mean, scroll down here. I'm going to read a little bit of this. Israel's envoy and the United States has sought to clarify his nation's red line on Iran's nuclear program, telling VOA that Israel will prevent its main regional foe from acquiring a capability to become a nuclear armed state. So, again, based on all the evidence that we have, we know that either from the mouth of Benjamin Netanyahu, uh, Secretary of State Antony Blinken of the U.S., and other political figures and military figures in Israel and the Middle East, that Israel will not allow Iran to have the capability to develop a nuclear weapon. Last month in Jerusalem, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu excuse me, told visiting U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken the policy of his new government, which took office uh, in December of 2022. And it is to quote, do everything when Israel to do everything within Israel's power to prevent Iran from acquiring nuclear weapons and the means to deliver them. Blinken said the U.S. agreed that Iran must never be allowed to acquire a nuclear weapon, reiterating a longstanding U.S. position. Netanyahu did not repeat a 2012 warning that he issued during a previous term as prime minister that Iran must be stopped from reaching a threshold short of assembling a nuclear bomb, namely completing 90% of the process for amassing the required amount of highly enriched uranium or fissile material. Tehran insists its nuclear program is only for civilian use. Israeli ambassador to the U.S. Michael Herzog addressed the issue of thresholds in the Iranian nuclear program during an interview with VOE's Flashpoint on Iran podcast at the Israeli embassy in Washington. So what are we talking about here? We're talking about, again, at least from what I'm gathering and what we're seeing here is, guys, we could literally be within 10 days out or less of when I say we, I'm talking about the U S the West, the West could literally be within 10 days or less of entering into yet another military conflict with the nation of Israel. Now let's just say hypothetically that, uh, with the, command from President Biden and our uh, defense de- uh, department and the military here in the U.S. that we don't uh, that we don't step into this and we don't partake of that. So let's just say that we don't get involved in this. Then again, we still have 
a bad scenario here playing out because now now not only will we have Ukraine and Russia that is gone beyond 12 months uh the the west has funneled literally billions of dollars weapons equipment materials and etc to fund to uh to facilitate and to help with this war with ukraine and russia not only do we have uh north korea still breathing threats out to us. Now we could see a full-scale war breakout between either A, Israel and Iran, or B, Israel and America. And who knows, maybe Britain will be involved as well. But again, we'll just say American Israel striking Iran and their nuclear program. Uh, so this is, um, and I want to give you, I want to show you something else here. I'm going to take you back. This is an article from Newsweek. Now, this was dated back in uh, of last month, or I should say not last month, but two months ago in January. Uh, it's unbelievable that we're already in March. But on January 30th, Iran warned any U.S. military action against them would absolutely mean war. In the wake of a drone strike against at least one defense factory in the central city of Isfahan, Iran officials told Newsweek that any military option pursued by the U.S. against the Islamic Republic would result in an, a, quote, all-out conflict with region-wide ramifications. Now, obviously... That would also include carrying out strategic military strikes against Iran's nuclear program or to stop them or prevent them from doing this. Again, along with the help of Israel, or I should say, aiding the nation of Israel. So, guys, this this could be something that is uh, brewing that could be really could get real nasty real quick. So this is one thing I want you to pay attention to in the next 10 days. We need to be praying about this. We need to be paying attention about this because it'll be interesting to see how Israel responds. Again, I just showed you at least two sources here that have said uh, that Israel will not stand back and allow Iran to be uh, to create nuclear weapons. So again, how are they going to respond? Time will tell. So I want to move on, and I'm going to talk about. I don't know if you guys have. I don't know if you guys saw this or not, but this uh, there's been multiple outlets that has reported this. So let me pull up this article. This is from the U.S. Sun. Mysterious powder is falling from U.S. skies over multiple counties and across several states leaving residents baffled after their cars, their vehicles have been covered in this murky dust. A strange powder has been observed in the sky coat, coating cars in three states across the country. 
Environment officials in West Virginia are investigating reports of a powder in the air and on vehicles across the state, Northern Virginia, and Maryland. The investigation began after residents reported seeing the substance across multiple counties Thursday. A state lab in West Virginia will now test to determine if the dust is related to storms in the Midwest. The Maryland Department of the Environment says it's likely dust from Texas and New Mexico and that monitoring systems as of Friday recorded good air quality. People on social media reported seeing the dust-like substance in the air and on cars across Maryland, Northern Virginia, and West Virginia. Now, you guys that are watching this uh, via by uh, any kind of visual platform, Rumble, YouTube, Facebook, or the website, uh, we're showing you pictures here. This is from, uh, this was uh, credited to Kim Hawkins. Uh, this is the substance that now from looking in, it looks almost like pollen. And we're entering into the season here in Georgia where we get this on our cars all the time because it looks, it's like pollen on it, but it's not, it's not pollen. They've already ruled that out. It's not snow. They've ruled that out. Here's another, uh, this was, uh, again, uh, another social media user who reported this on his, the hood of his vehicle. And see on here, this looks like almost like sleet or ice pellets or like a form of snow. The strange reports have prompted the West Virginia Department of Environmental Protection to investigate the powder. They will work with the state and local agencies to collect and analyze samples of the substance. So far, we've not gotten any word of what this is. Residents in West Virginia's eastern panhandle, which is roughly 100 miles west of of Washington, D.C., reported seeing the powder in multiple counties late on Thursday night. The Maryland Department of the Environment said that the powder likely came from Texas and New Mexico. Now, again, that's what they're reporting. But they said a wind shift has since brought clean air from Canada. Monitoring systems recorded good air quality on Friday, the agency said. Dust from storms in the two southwestern states traveled east through Ohio. Hello. Now, what could be in Ohio that could produce a strange dusting of something on vehicles? Michigan and Kentucky. Satellite images captured by the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Agency or Association, excuse me, the NOAA, uh, reported this a West Virginia state lab will test the powder to see if it's related to the recent dust storms in the Midwest. The West Virginia department of environmental protection has stated West Virginia department of environmental protection. Spokesman Terry Fletcher said that there's no indication that the dust like substance is related to the Ohio train derailment. Now, um, when we reported this on end time headlines, uh, org, on our, on our social media platforms such as Facebook, Telegram, Instagram, this was the first thing that people said. This is likely, there, you know, many of the people chimed in and said this is probably from the train derailment. But again, I'm only reporting to you, take it, do what you want. But again, according to the official reports, and we know that they're never wrong, but West Virginia Department of Environmental Protection said that there's no indication, even though they not officially have got the results from the test, but there's no indication that this substance is related to the Ohio train derailment.
Now, there was another speculation that could this substance have come from one of the four. Now, we know that one of these objects indefinitely was a type of a balloon. We've seen it. We we all witnessed it being shot down over South Carolina. And we saw the powdery white substance that came out of the sky when they shot it down. The other three were still in the dark. Don't know what they are. We're being told they were science experiments. And, you know, nothing to see here, folks. $600,000 missiles taking down a $15 experiment, a science experiment. So let's just all move along. Nothing to see here. So, again, I'm only, you know, bringing out what people are saying on social media. What's your thoughts on this? Hit me up in the comment section. You guys that are watching by Rumble, by YouTube, by Facebook Live, uh, whatever platform you're watching, listening from, what do you think this strange powdery substance that is not pollen, that is not ice pellets, it's not hail, it's not snow, and it's, um, it's not all these obvious things. What is this? The West Virginia Department of Environmental Protection spokesman went on to say that the northern panhandles hasn't had any air quality problems since the toxic train crash on February 3rd. Hmm. Okay, well, we can all sleep better tonight there, Mr. Terry Fletcher, especially in Ohio. Nothing to see here, folks. Clean air. Go out, take take a deep breath, breathe in the clean, fresh air of uh, Palestine or Palestine, however you pronounce it, Ohio. It's been almost a month since a cargo train carrying hazardous materials such as vinyl chloride derailed in East Palestine or Palestine, Ohio. While environmental officials continue to say that air quality levels in the area are normal, residents continue to complain about health issues that they worry are related to the crash. Well, that's just conspiracy theories. Those folks are just conspiracy theorists. I'm sure it's probably allergies. I mean, because after all, we're entering into pollen season and they're just having a reaction to the pollen. That's all. I I love how these agencies try to make us look stupid, like we're idiots and we can't think for ourselves. Like, you know, the fact checkers, you know, they're the arbitrators of truth. And they determine what's fact and what's not. And you're too stupid to figure it out on your own because you have no education, no common sense. And you can't put the, 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 you know, it's amazing to me. Can I just rant on this for just a second? It's amazing to me that most of the things that they called us conspiracy theorists over turned out to be actually true. And here's the crazy part. I can't even name some of these things because then you wouldn't even be able to hear this podcast because they would shut it down, even though it's been proven to be true. But hello, this is where we're at today with control and totalitarianism. While environmental officials continue to say that the air levels is normal, residents are saying eh, otherwise no that's not true 
Health issues being reported include headaches, rashes, nausea, sore throats, skin lesions, skin boils, sores, rashes, abnormalities on their skins. It's all over the, look for it. I'm sure you probably won't be able to find it on Google because they probably suppressed it. Locals like Taylor Holzer and his family who run Parker Dairy live just outside the evacuation area are claiming to feel the effects of the crash. Uh, Holzer is registered as a fox keeper with the Ohio Department of Natural Resources and he told a local affiliate WKBN that some of his foxes have been acting strange after the derailment with a few having abnormally puffy faces and others refusing to eat meat. Many also have stomach issues. These issues, he claimed, are from the nearby derailment and the chemicals that were released. Oh, now, Holzer, calm down. That's not what, that's not what the fact checkers have said. That's not what USA Today said. That's not what PolitiFact said. That's not what Snopes says. And they're the arbitrators of truth. I'm sure there's a logical explanation. It had nothing to do with the train derailment, nothing to do with the lethal chemicals that was burned off and leaked out into the atmosphere. Just like all the animals dying, the birds, the aquatic life and all that. It's all just a coincidence. Smoke and chemicals from the train, that's, that's the only thing that can cause it said Mr. Holzer, because it doesn't just happen out of nowhere. Well, that's not what we're being told. The chemicals that we're being told are safe in the air. That's definitely not safe for the animals or people. So, again, if you live in, let's let me pull this up again. I want to hear from you. Because a lot of people think that When we report these things, that it's embellishment, it's fake news, it's fabricated, it's false. So if you live in Maryland, Virginia, or West Virginia, and you or somebody you know, I feel like this is an infomercial, if you or somebody you know has suffered from, but anyway, if you or somebody you know, a family member, a friend, whatever, and you have experienced this firsthand, you've went out to your vehicle, It's on your vehicle, it's on your sidewalks, it's in your grass, it's on your home, it's on whatever, your patio, your porch. Please let us know in the comment section below. If you're able to post an image, do it. Show us, let us know. Email us at endtimeheadlines at yahoo.com. We'd love to hear from you because this stuff needs to be known. I'm tired of the powers to be sweeping things under the rug censoring, shadow banning, and silencing anybody that speaks out on anything. And if you dare if dare op- oppose the narrative, then again, you will be labeled and marked as a conspiracy theorist. And you'll be uh, completely silenced and ostracized from all kinds of platforms. And, uh, and even... Even your job, your careers will be at stake. All right, so we got another article. So let's recap before we get to this third one. So Israel, Iran, and the West is now in a 10-day window 
of what could be a full-blown military conflict over Iran's nuclear ambitions of creating a nuclear weapon that now we know they're again according to the latest reports they are 12 days at the time of that recording it's now 10 days or nine nine to 10 days out from uh being able to uh produce this um so what what's going to happen so we're going to see then we go back to here in the states and we've got weird crazy unexplainable dusting and uh, and uh, some type of material, some kind of a dust material falling on residents' homes and their vehicles across three states in America. All the while, trains keep derailing, plants keep burning down, exploding, Leaks continue to happen. It's disaster after disaster after disaster. Have any has anybody noticed this? You know, it's one thing to have a disaster here and there, but we're literally it's getting to the point where we're having train derailments and disasters and factories burning down and food plants burning down and this and that and explosions and this and chemical spills. This is like three to four times a week now. What in the world is going on? Okay, then um, then we've got an article. Let me show you this. This is from CNBC, and this is straight up prophetic, guys. The father of the cell phone just made a chilling statement. He said that one day we will have devices embedded under our skin. Hmm. Let me say that again. The father of the cell phone recently came out in an interview and he said that, quote, future generations will have devices embedded under the under the skin of their ears. Well, this guy's not far off. Marty Cooper, who is widely considered the father of the cell phone, told CNBC at the Mobile World Congress in Barcelona. He went on to say that such devices won't need to be charged as your body is the perfect charger. Wow. Cooper says he's ne- he uh, says he never could imagine phones becoming the portable computers that they have today. Let me read on a little bit of this uh, in this article, and then I'm going to. We're going to go right into Revelation 13 because this is what this, this is the shadow of this. You know that, right? One day phones will become devices integrated into our skin rather than the black rectangular slabs we've become accustomed to. The next generation will have the phone embedded under the skin of their ears. Um, again, this is the man who was credited with embedding the first phone in 1973. Such devices, again, will not be charged as they will rely on our body's core temperature to charge them. Quote, when you eat food, your body creates energy, right? You ingest food, your body creates energy, and it takes a tiny bit of energy to run this earpiece. His vision hints at a possible future stage of humanity where our bodies are augmented with powerful microchips and sensors. Now, just in case you think this guy's been sitting around smoking crack and he just lost his mind, let me just give you this article on The Guardian. 
I'm going to pull this up here real quick. This was we this was reported today. We reported this on our main website. Human augmentation with robotic body parts is at hand. In other words, it's upon us. Extra parts from a thumb to an arm could be designed to help boost our capabilities. The article. Let me read a little bit of this. Whether it's managing childcare, operating on a patient, or cooking a Sunday dinner, there are many occasions where an extra pair of arms would come in well. It come in well handy. Now researchers say human augmentation could be on the horizon, suggesting additional robotic body parts could be designed to boost our capabilities. A professor of cognitive neuroscience at the MRC. Cognition and Brain Unit at Cambridge University said the approach could increase productivity. Kind of sounds like uh, Elon Musk, doesn't it? And we'll, we're going to talk about him in just a second, too. All this ties in together. If you want an extra arm while you're cooking in the kitchen so you can stir the soup while chopping the vegetables, you might have the option to wear an, an uh, a d- independently control an extra robotic armor. Think about how weird that would look. So now you don't have two arms. You have three arms because you've got another arm attached to you that's doing all this this extra stuff here. The approach has precedence. A designer and colleague of Macon's at Cambridge University has already created a 3D printed thumb that can be added to any hand. Uh, he went on to say that the extra thumb could be helpful for waiters holding plates or for electrical engineers when soldering. For example, and, and other robotic body parts could be designed for particular workplace needs. For example, extra arm, an extra arm, this is a written, this is a UK affiliate, so some of this way this is written is a little bit weird. Uh, extra arm could be, uh, could help a builder hammer a nail while holding a joist in place. So as you see, here's an illustration of it on your screen here. You see, uh, there's a woman here illustrated has five fingers, but then she, it's got this device with an extra finger so she can hold a, uh, a coffee cup while stirring the spoon with one hand. So we could, she could have a free hand to do whatever. So again, this is something again that they're wanting to, they envision implementing this in all fields, the medical field, the uh, probably in education and uh, blue collar works, all this manufacturing factory work, all that. So let me go back to this article. This Cooper, who again, who is being labeled the father of the, the modern cell phone has now envisioned that there's coming a day in the near future where we will not be carrying phones in our hands, but they will be embedded in our skin. Several startups are developing technologies that seek to combine computers with the human brain. For example, such as Elon Musk Neuralink. Now, speaking of that, his endeavor of his brain chip implants in humans got shot down today. Let me show you this article. This is from CNBC. Quote, U.S. regulators have rejected Elon Musk's bid to test brain chips in humans, citing safety risk. 
on at least four occasions in 2019, Musk has predicted that his medical device company Neuralink would soon start human trials of a revolutionary brain implant to treat intractable conditions such as per- paralysis and blindness. Yet the company founded in 2016 did not seek permission from the U.S. Food and Drug Administration until early of last year, and the agency rejected the application. Seven current and former employees recently told Reuters the rejection the rejection has not been previously reported and explaining the the decision to Neuralink the agency outlined dozens of issues the company must address before human testing a critical milestone on the path to final product approval the agency's major safety concerns involve the device's lithium battery hello this is how it's going to charge right the potential for the implant's tiny wires to migrate to other areas of the brain and questions over whether and how the device can be removed without damaging brain tissue. Now guys, again, this to me is very intriguing and I'm going to go, let me go back to this article about the phones being implanted. Cooper said the smartphone today has gotten too complex with numerous applications and a screen that doesn't suit the curvature of the human face. Um, never once, I don't know about you, but never once have I ever picked up my phone and be like, man, I wish it was shaped the size of my face. This is so weird and bizarre to me. Whenever I make a phone call and don't have an earpiece, I have to take this flat piece of material against my curved head and hold my arm up in an awkward position. Oh, you poor thing. The smartphone market has stagnated over the last few years, and there's a feeling in the industry that manufacturers are struggling to come up with new innovative designs. Oh, how wonderful. How wonderful is that? That the the modern smartphone that you and I have in our hands is now boring. So we've got to up the ante. We have got to go into a whole new horizon in our endeavors. Why not do away with holding that pesky phone in your hand, having to carry it in your pockets, uh, ladies in your purse, whatever the case would be, and let's just get it implanted right in our bodies. And just think, people like me, people like other watchmen who have warned of Revelation 13 that the day would come when there would be something that would be forced on humanity to be placed in the right hand or in the forehead in order to buy, sell, and trade. They have called us loon bags, nut jobs, crazy and the whole nine yards. Yet the Bible has said for thousands of years that the day would come when this would be implemented. And here we are, year after year after year, people like me have been warning you and telling you, and we show you those headlines like this, that is conditioning society, you and me, to embrace this type of technology. So if you get bored of your cell phone and having to carry it around, you will likely embrace the idea of something being implanted in your face. Hello, your forehead, your right hand. 
The prevalence of phones today has resulted in a litany of problems from social media addiction to privacy infringements. He said that privacy is a very serious problem. Addiction is a problem. Acknowledging the ills of his creation. But he struck an optimism or excuse me, an optimistic tone for the future, su- suggesting the technology's best days may still be ahead of, of in its fields like education and healthcare. He goes on to say, um, Cooper says that he, again, he could have never imagined phones becoming the portable computers they are today. So now I do want to point out, uh, something here in this report from CNBC that we just told you about where they shot down Musk endeavors of, uh, with Neuralink and implanting chip implants in the brain. Again, according to the report, um, I want to, let me show you this. I want to pull this up because I want to highlight this because this is important when I show you what I'm about to show you. The agency's major safety concerns involve the device's lithium battery, the potential for the implant's tiny wires to migrate to other areas of the brain, and the questions of whether and how the device can be removed without damaging brain tissue. Now, this to me is interesting, and let me show you why. When you go to the book of Revelation, chapter 16, verse 2 and 16, 11, John the Revelator saw in the future, in the tribulation, people on the earth who took the mark of the beast. Again, let's recap, which is, according to John's writing, Revelation 13, is something. We don't know. We look through a glass darkly. We see in part. We know in part. But we know, according to Revelation 13, whatever this thing is, whatever this device is, whatever this is, is going to be put in the right hand and in the forehead. Whatever this device is, John then sees and out further into the future and in Revelation 16, 2, he sees bold judgments being poured out upon humanity. And he says in Revelation 16, 2, the first went out, the first went and poured out his bowl upon the earth. These are angels pouring out these bold judgments. Now look what it says here. A foul and loathsome sore came upon the men who had the mark of the beast and those who worshiped the image. Very interesting. A foul and loathsome sore developed upon not anyone, not all of humanity, on those who took the mark of the beast and worshiped his image. Because they go hand in hand. You're right. You realize that if you take that mark, number one, you're pledging your allegiance to Satan. And number two, you've just damned yourself to hell. And according to Revelation 14, there is no hope for you once you take that mark. You're done. Okay, so that's why it's saying this. Then you go down to Revelation 16, 11. And it says that there'll be men that blaspheme the God of heaven because of their pains and their sores and did not repent of 
their deeds. Now, we could only venture to say that, is it possible these pains and these sores are the same pains and loathsome sores that was poured out upon them in Revelation 16 too? And as a result of this, these men are blaspheming the God of heaven because they realize that this is judgment that's come upon them. And they're not repenting of their sins. This is, t- this is sad, guys. This is truly, um, this is very sad. So this is intriguing to me. Now you say, well, why, Brother Ricky, what's this got to do with the article that you showed from CNBC about the safety concerns of the lithium battery about the implant. Because again, there has been speculation. Now I do, I want to use that. That's a wide, broad term. Okay. There has been speculation that if, and I want to, I want everyone to listen to me real carefully, because I'm not saying that this is, but there is speculation that if, okay, everybody got me, say it with me. Brother Ricky, brother Ricky said, if, if, the mark of the beast turns out to be some type of implantable chip in the right hand and in the forehead. I would venture to say that this would be a, an electronic device that will have the capability. And and by the way, it's already out there. Dr. Phil, we did a whole podcast on this. Dr. Phil did a whole entire segment on this where in which he had guests come in who willfully had the implant of these chips put in their hands so that they can, A, they can go and unlock car doors and, and doors in their home and safes and all these things. And B, for the convenience of having informa- sensitive personal information right there implanted in their hand they didn't they didn't have to carry around their driver's license or their social security card or their credit card information or their medical history it was all there in this chip that was the size of a grain of rice that was implanted in their hands so let's just say hypothetically that what if this is the mark of the beast this technology is this exact thing obviously watch this this thing has to be powered somehow. So could it be possible that we, now again, this is out in the future, that the mark of the beast is being instituted. It has some type of lithium battery or some type of technology in it that has to uh, to charge this device. Again, uh, the, the, uh, the individual... Um, what was his name again? Cooper. Cooper said that the body itself will, will charge this. It will power this. Well, okay, that's fine. But there still has to be some type of pattern, a battery that draws the charge. So could it be possible that you have a, you have these individuals that during the tribulation, have taken the mark of the beast, which again, if we're we're building this hypothesis, is this implant in their right hand or their forehead, and they have realized what they have done. And now they're resenting what they've done. They're, they're fearful. So they begin to take a knife, 
or some type of sharp object and they start trying to dig into their their hands or their foreheads to try to remove this object and in doing so they have tampered with something that is again let's just say lithium a lithium battery is there if this anybody will tell you this if you bust a lithium battery or if this thing gets damaged it can the stuff that comes out of this and it leaks into the bloodstream it can become toxic so again this is a hypothesis this to me would explain on one aspect at least how a foul and loathsome sore could develop upon those who have taken the mark of the beast and worshipped his image. Is this not profound, guys? Again, I can't prove 100% and neither can you. That this is what the mark of the beast is going to be. This is how it's going to play out. Again, we're just giving you an hypothesis. But here's the bottom line, guys. We are living in times that call for us, according to Luke 21, 28, is calling for us to lift up our heads and look up for our redemption is drawing near. Now, why did he say this? Because in the context of the scripture, he says, when you begin to see all these things coming to pass, he said, get your heads lifted up because your redemption is is drawing near. And that's what I want to leave you with tonight. So listen, uh, if you're watching this today and you're backslid, you're away from God, you don't know God, hang on, hang with me for just a second because I want to pray for you. If you're watching, you're listening today and you do not have our app, please download our free app. It's available on Apple. It's available on Android. It's free. Get into our hand, get into your hands. You're going to keep up with every headline, every podcast when it's readily available right there for your convenience. Again, available at your local app store, whether you're Android or Apple. If you'd like to support this ministry, you'd like to pray about becoming a monthly partner, uh, and you could do that two different ways. You can give electronically through the app, which is the easiest way, or you can go to our main website, intimeheadlines.org, intimeheadlines.com. You can give that way as well, or you can give by check or money order by making it out to End Time Headlines, P.O. Box 1391, Monroe, Georgia, 30655. Listen, my friend, if you're here today, you're watching, you're listening, you were invited, you stumbled across our program. And I hope this has done more than just intrigued you. I hope the spirit of God has convicted you today. I hope that you have seen and you've heard these things and the information that we've provided to you today has, uh, has quickened you in your spirit and has let you know the time is running out and it has prompted the urgency in you to get right with God. So if you're away from God, you don't know God, what will you pray this prayer with me right now? Come on, let's lay your hand right here on your heart. I want to pray for you right now. And the first thing I'm going to ask you to do is repent. The Bible says, repent, therefore, repent of your sins. Let every man repent from this perverse and wicked generation. What does it mean to repent, brother Ricky? It means to turn. Have remorse for your sin. Acknowledge that you're a sinner. The Bible says we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So we repent. So I'm going to pray a prayer and I want you to, you don't have to repeat it straight out at word for word for what I'm praying. I'm going to lead us in prayer. And I want you again, if you're away from God, you don't know God. If you will pray with me, my friend, and you mean it from your heart. 
Jesus Christ will honor your prayer. Father, we come before you right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, we ask that you would forgive us of our sins. Lord, you said that if you, if we would confess our sins before you, that you are faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. We humble ourselves before you right now. We repent. God, we turn from our sins and we put our faith and our trust in a living Savior. We put our faith and our trust in the only name that is given, that has been given under heaven unto men in which we must be saved. That there is no other name that we can be saved by, and it's the name of Jesus. We put our faith and we put our trust in you, Lord Jesus. And we ask that you would come and live on the inside of us through the precious Holy Spirit and that you would guide us, lead us, and direct us all the days of our lives. Lord, I pray that you would lead us to a Bible-believing, doctrinally sound, Spirit-filled church, Uh, a group of gathering of believers that will help us to show sharpen our uh, walk with God that will encourage us, that will equip us and help us on the days in which we will stumble, the days in which we may fall, on our good days, our bad days, our highs and our lows. Father, I pray that you would do this today. Lord, strengthen, equip, and lead my brothers and sisters today in their newfound truth or their recommitment to you. And we give you praise and we give you glory. And it's in Jesus' name, all God's people said, amen. Amen and amen. Listen, we say hallelujah and praise the Lord, brother and sister, for your recommitment, your rededication to the Lord, or for you entering into the family. The Bible says that all of heaven and the angels included are rejoicing over one sinner that says yes to the kingdom of God. That, my friend, is what makes everything we do week after week after week worth every single minute of every single day that we do. It's for the kingdom and for souls, and that's why we do what we do. So listen, God bless you. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button, the like button, the bell, the notifications. Listen, we are on all kinds. We're on Instagram. We're on YouTube. We're on Rumble. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Telegram. We're on all these platforms. Uh, again, if you're watching by Rumble, by YouTube, by Facebook Live, or by the main website in the description of this video, you're going to see all these social media uh, titles. Uh, where it says follow us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, follow us on YouTube. There's the link under it. All that is under the description. You just click on there, go follow us on one of these platforms. Also, the link to the app is, can be found there as well. It's an easy access to the app uh, if, if you guys want to find that and make it easily accessible. So we're going to sign off for this Thursday, March 2nd. We'll be right back here tomorrow night at 8 p.m. Eastern on the 3rd of March for another great podcast uh, to close out this week of podcasting. Until then, may the Lord bless you, keep you, and may his countenance shine upon you. We'll see you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the End Time Headlines podcast. We pray that you've been blessed and equipped by today's message. For more information about how you can help partner with our ministry, please visit endtimeheadlines.org.